5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in.
And they took advantage of that multiple times. Uh, and they talked about it after the game. Derwin James uh, specifically said, look, we, were, we played zone the whole first half. And at halftime, we decided, you know what? We're better athletes than them. Let's play man. And they did and shut them well, down. I want to tell you something, and, and, and I don't care what anybody says. The reason I picked Florida State, and we talked about it, not only I think they were a better team, but the inability of Ole Miss to create a running game outside their quarterback. It's different to have a good running back and a running quarterback, but Ole Miss running back, John had 44 yards on eight carries. I mean, Chad Kelly had 15 yards rushing on 13 carries. But let me tell you the hidden uh, gem in this. I know Cook didn't light up the touchdowns, but had about 100 yards rushing. But let's not forget he had 100 yards receiving as well, an all-around performance. But to put up 419 yards in the air as a freshman at Florida State, I see why uh, Franklin III got out of Dodge you know, like out of Florida State. But this kid, <laughs> Jimbo, Jimbo Jimbo, doesn't put you out there and talk you up unless you are the real deal. And, and Jimbo said this is probably his best team that he's ever coached. And, I mean, you didn't start off with uh, Florida Atlantic. You didn't start off with Stephen F. Morris or whatever. You started off with Ole Miss, the team with a comeback for a senior quarterback, uh, pretty good defense, and to be able to come back down 28 to 6 on them is good. But I'm going to tell you, the reason you come back, you play better, of course, Ole Miss could not run the football. They could not eat up clock, and they turn the ball over. And that's a, that's a recipe for disaster when you're playing a team that played a terrible first half that has talent. But I'm just very impressed. I mean, there's two teams I'm very impressed with, Texas and Florida State. You know, Alabama, of course, we already talked about them. But Texas, the way they played, Jonathan, came out with a huge win against Notre Dame, and it was a huge win because Florida, or Texas, they haven't had a win like that in a long time. It gives you something to feel good about. When Texas is good at football and they're having a good season, football is usually good. So congratulations to the Texas Longhorns. We'll bring Quinn on in a few and let him talk about his team if he, if he would like to. He may not want to, but I'm just impressed with, with Florida State ability to come back in that game. But I'm telling you, Jonathan, had you been playing a team that could run the football, it would have been a little more difficult. But, uh, but again, you came back on Auburn, the number one rushing team in the country in the national championship game, and they were up 21-3. to You got that touchdown drive before half to cut it to 21-10, to and it was a different ball game after that. So, hey, I'm telling you, Florida State looks good. To be able to put up 23 points in the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went to to brush my teeth and floss and came back and Florida State had to leave. And I'm like, what in the God's name just happened? I had to go rewind it. But uh, that's why you love college football. That's why. And, you know, I'm, I'm tired of hearing people talking about the SEC in a bad light right now. I know they, they were 7-7 seven and seven over the week, but I don't know a lot of conferences besides the ACC and the SEC that actually played anybody, you know, in the first week. Michigan's jumping around their 12-2 and two record, but who did they beat? LSU was the only team they beat. You know, the, at least the SEC put themselves out there week one and uh, and played some teams. Yeah, they didn't do well in some of them. But you got your hat's got to be off the, the ACC and the SEC, Jonathan, for, what they, for having the balls to play these teams the first game. North Carolina playing Georgia. 
Clemson playing Auburn on the road at night. Florida State meeting up with Ole Miss. I mean, those are some big games. Yeah, I mean, real hats off to the non-conference scheduling done um, by both conferences. Uh, obviously, both uh, want uh, to prove that they are the two best uh, in the country, and they're going to schedule anybody anytime. Uh, that's one of the uh, things that you got to love about you know your two southern, fo- you know, southeastern football conferences is that they're they're not afraid to play anybody. No, and I know if you're smart, you realize. Like I told you, Boston, right? I said whether they win or lose, as long as they keep it close, it's not going to matter really. And, it, and it's really the Clemson game is not going to matter in a few weeks. They care of business. The funny is Auburn went up the polls. After losing, they're 0-1, and they went up in the polls because they played uh, number two team in the country that's ranked right now and played them very close, you know. And to me, that's worth more than a, a 50 to nothing win over Citadel or, or who did Florida play? Florida played some terrible school and struggled. Heck, I think Florida may lose to Kentucky this weekend. That's how bad I think Florida is, but we'll talk about that. But I have to bring Quinn on. Quinn is a big Notre Dame fan. I have to get him in on his Irish. I know it was a tough weekend for him. The only thing that could have made it worse is the Bears played Sunday. They did. Quinn, you're okay. You're only 0 <laughs> 2 on the weekend. You're not 0 3 yet. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was a fun game, but uh, I. I I I didn't think that that game would go tell it to you like it did, but I thought I thought that fourth and two I forget when it was in the fourth quarter, but it was fourth and two at about the fifty and Coach Kelly decided to punt it. I thought I thought he should uh I thought he should have uh uh went for the went for it on fourth and two and I think with how they were running the ball that game, I think they probably would have got a fourth and two because they were up by four, and I think I think that would have took the win. That yeah, but if you don't tail. get it, though, if you don't get yeah. it, though, man, you look you look like a horse's ass. And, yeah. And let's, let's let's look at this game real quick. Let's look at it. Notre Dame went into the halftime trailing by seven. They come out, cut it to three. It looks like in the third quarter, and then. You know, they tied it up. I mean, it, second overtime was good. you got to have that touchdown. But giving up 50 points is what concerns me a little bit, Quinn. I mean, those suspensions on defense, uh, maybe that hurt. Yeah. I don't know, been on the road. But how do you explain giving up 50? Was it the heat? Was it? Do, do you think Texas is that good? Do you think you had a bad game? What's your, your feel after watching that? Well, in the first, the second half, their defense played a lot better than the first. About after the first few minutes of the third quarter, after that, they they the defense played pretty well. But I don't, I it looked like they weren't expecting the fast-paced Texas <laughs> offensive. They seemed confused as hell when when Texas started just going really up pace which I don't know why they would. They were saying they would, and then you look at their offensive coordinator, and that's how he plays. But it just seemed like they were out of sorts. Like, they didn't expect that at all. And then and then just the wide receivers, those wide those receivers outside of USC are probably the fastest wide receivers Notre Dame will see all year. And, I mean, 
Van Gorder should have had – he did it in the second half where he had him playing more off of him. I don't know why he didn't in the first half because those Texas wide receivers were just too fast and – they, especially number one, he was just burning them all first half. Granted, he didn't he didn't catch the ball until that play in the third quarter. But yeah, they did well, have, they they just had to the play more seat, off man. of them. Van Gorder is on the hot seat. Van Gorder is going to be on the hot seat if he doesn't figure out a way to uh, the whole team. Yeah, I know Brian Kelly. He will he will throw you under the bus. Brian Kelly will. I mean. So Van Gorder needs yeah. to shave the mustache and uh, come up with a better way. Johnson, what do you think about Texas? Were they that good? Or did Notre Dame, were, were they not ready? I mean, I love Notre Dame's quarterback on five touchdowns and no kicks. He says he can protect the ball. I mean, they think good enough to win. You put up 47 points, you should win. But I, I'm shocked that Texas put up 50 points, honestly. I'm, I'm stunned. I'm floored now. Texas can put up 50 and Auburn can't even get a first down. Well, I mean, I I hate to be this guy, but I I want everybody to temper themselves a little bit about Texas. This is the same Texas team that beat Oklahoma last year and went five and seven. And we have (laughs) to remember that. You know, know, everybody's like, Texas is back. Texas is – well, no, they're not back. Every year it seems like Texas you know, has a game you like that. You get up 47, you're not back, are you? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. They gave up 47, right? If Brian Kelly isn't a moron in the first half and keeps trying to play Zaire, that game never goes to overtime. Guarantee it. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Dame probably by two puts touchdowns. up over 60. Notre Dame probably I, puts up over 60 points. I mean, Kaiser was killing them. He could say it didn't matter what Texas tried to do. He was slaughtering them through the air. Brian Kelly, and this is a trend that we saw this week. And luckily, you know, the Florida State Ole Miss game was the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde moment where you had Ole Miss's coaching staff did a great job in the first half and melted down in the second half, and Florida State was the reverse. And this game, Notre Dame first half killed themselves. Second half, Kaiser did enough, but like Quinn said, there were a couple times, and mainly that fourth and two, where Kelly kind of just chickened out and backed off and said, I have faith. Well, the defense never really got it right. They had figured it out, but by the time they figured how to cover the receivers, they forgot how to stop uh, the, the 18-wheeler package led by King Swoops over there, Mr. Superman himself. That, their red zone defense yeah. was atrocious. No doubt about it. Notre Dame's coaching staff has a lot of looking back to do this week. And a lot of coaches this week have to look in the mirror and go, how did, yeah. how did I have good. five months to prepare and not figure this out? And, yeah. And it's, and it's good that you play a team. And I'm not, I'm not knocking Notre Dame for losing this game. I mean, you go on the road at night in the summer in Texas, um, you know, they've got a chip on their shoulder. Notre Dame with the suspensions. And, and look, I'm not crucifying Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is going to end up a lot better than Texas at the end of this year. I think we can all agree on that. But I think it's a good opportunity for Notre Dame to figure out their quarterback situation. They realize what they have to do. They're not going to be playing. Like, I just think their defense is play a lot better than what it did. Sometimes you get in games and that's just the way it goes. It's a shootout. Yeah. 
you, you have to play fast. And you, by playing fast, it means your defense is on the field more, maybe, or you give up points. So I, I'm not ready to throw Notre Dame away. It's like I'm not ready to throw Auburn away right now because yeah. you go on the road, like you played a good team, Quinn, you lost, you deal with it, you win the rest of them. It's not going to matter this game tonight. But yeah, I think Texas can keep this pace up. Yeah, and what I'll and what I'll say too is under Brian Vanguard, or if you look at Notre Dame's defense, it, I hate it, but they're just very inconsistent. One week, one week they can look lights out, and then the and then the next they give up like thirty or forty points, and then you're like, what's going on? But that's just how it's kind of been under Vanguard. It's like week to week, you just, you just don't know what defense is going to show up. And I think some of it might have to do with the styles. And since Notre Dame is independent, usually they're facing a, a different style each week. So I think it just all depends on the on the matchups too and what, what kind of right. offense the team runs. But Well, well, now, we're, well now we're going into week two, guys, and – and you know, this is they say you make your biggest strides from week one to week two. I usually agree with that. Sometimes I don't agree with it. But I think, you know, we didn't we're not gonna see the games that we saw the first week, Jonathan, but I think you better watch out this week if you're a few teams because you know, you, you play a big game and then all of a sudden you you're in a second week, you're kind of out of shape, you're not there yet. You you stumble up and lose your season could be over. I mean, the first week people forgive. You know, like Auburn plays Arkansas State Saturday night. They should run on the field, you know. It's a chance for them to get redemption. But why if they come in there and, and they're beat up from Clemson, they lose their season's over at that point. Are there some chances of upsets in your mind, Jonathan, in the second week? You put on the schedule, there's not too many huge games. You have TCU-Arkansas, probably your biggest game, and – I wouldn't be surprised if Arkansas beat them. That's how they play. But anybody, could Kentucky beat Florida? I mean, could you look at that game and say, hmm, Florida, 3.30 kickoff, CBS, could Kentucky, were they looking ahead last week and, and put the brakes on really getting ready for Florida and ended up with the momentum being lost and lost? And now they're, they're a better team than what we thought they were. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a couple teams you have to look at this week and um, say, well, are you sure you're going to win? You know, you can't just walk into this game. You know, Louisville is traveling to Syracuse. Okay, and everybody says playing at the Carrier Dome is tough. How, how, you know, we we honestly don't know how well Syracuse is going to look. This is a new coach. It's going to be Dino Baber's first conference game in the ACC. Uh, I expect the offense to fly. So this is going to be up to Louisville's defense. You know, they can contain this. And to be perfectly honest, there is a recipe for beating Lamar Jackson, Louisville's quarterback. It's the Michael It's the Michael Vick rule. Don't let him run. If he can't run, he has to throw the ball. And he's really not that great of a passer. You know, oh, he beat up on Charlotte. Charlotte is one of the ten worst teams in college football. It's not as big <laughs> as a fact. It's unfortunate, but it is. I mean, if you're looking at some of the other teams that could be possibly looking at uh, some some sort of a slip-up, if you will, um, I mean, USC can't take Utah State lightly. USC season is not over. But after last week, it, it might as well feel like it. But you can't lose Utah but State. You have, you have Stanford next week. 
teams that play Alabama the week after struggle. I mean, it's yeah, it's a given. I can prove it. I can go through the last nine years and show you, Jonathan, that mm-hmm. or seven years, whatever. When you play Alabama week one or any time, you're beat up. You're you're demoralized. How does USC bounce back? Getting beat by fifty. I mean, you're a sixteen point favorite at home at two o'clock Eastern, which is eleven AM on the Pac twelve network. There's your upset. That could be your upset special right there, what you just said. You know, I mean, I think that's a game to keep an eye on. How's Wisconsin going to respond uh, when they play Akron? What we saw from Wisconsin is great offensive line, great defensive line. The rest of the team are like, mm. well, the secondary wasn't really tested. The running back, I mean, he got, you know, he didn't look great, and your quarterback didn't look good. So how are they going to respond playing uh, Akron, who is not that bad? And all things considering, you know, another team that you, you kind of want to look at and pay attention uh, is going to be somebody like Miami. Miami dropped 70 last week. They're playing Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic always seems to give them somewhat of a hard time. So it's going to be interesting to see how Florida Atlantic, I mean, how Miami goes into this game looking to take care of business because they have, they have to play at Appalachian State next week. And after that game, the Appalachian State played against Tennessee. You know Miami's thinking about it. Oh, I, I hope so. And, and I want to come back to college, but, but I want to go to the NFL. You know, we're gonna mm. we're gonna start off tonight. And we're really gonna talk some NFL. There are some college games we're gonna discuss. Trust me, we're a college football show, but but we have to bow down and kiss the brass ring of the NFL right now. Tomorrow night, Cam Newton goes on the road to face Denver, a team that he doesn't get the last. He's played them. Anytime he's played Denver, he's been back like 12 times a game. But I want to talk about something. I look at ESPN's power rankings, guys, and I don't get it. I just want to see if you guys get it or if I'm missing it. Before we get into the games, I want to talk about the NFL. They have the power rankings, Seattle number one, Pittsburgh number two, New England number three. They're going to have Brady out for four weeks. Don't get that. Arizona four. Carolina five. So, Jonathan, start with you. Looking at the, the top five power rankings right there, how in the world do you have New England number three? And I, I get Pittsburgh, maybe they're in a weaker division or something or a conference with five, but how do you put Pittsburgh and Seattle and New England ahead of Carolina, especially Arizona? How are you going to put those four teams ahead of Carolina, a team that mopped the floor with all of them last year? Uh, I mean, I think part of the factoring that they're using for this is uh, who they're playing this week. But I also look at it from a lot of people are expecting Carolina to regress this year. Uh, you know, it's very hard for a team to go 15-1 and one two years in a row, let's be honest. Now, here's my thing. How much regression are people expecting? Because they went 15-1. and one. They played in the Super Bowl. Probably I mean, are we expecting – Right. I mean, well, what what are what are we really really thinking here? I mean, I have them regressing to fourteen and two. Oh my goodness! You know, so <laughs> looking looking at this, I think that the media is really they're not bought in on the Panthers. They're not, uh, and that's something that he needs to understand because the media looks at it and goes, defense is solid, but they lost Josh Norman. He's awesome. Well, no, I think that no. I think that Josh Norman's overrated, just like I think if you took Richard Sherman and you put him on another team that made him play man, he would struggle. 
And I think Josh Norman is going to have a long year in Washington because he's not going to have that front seven that he had. What do you think Carolina was so eager to get rid of him? Easy to say, hey, see you, buddy. You know, we got Kelvin Benjamin coming back. I I don't think people realize that. I don't think when you look at Carolina last year, Cam, he he made things gold. He made these receivers golden. And now all of a sudden you give him a big, tall weapon to go downfield with besides Greg Olson. Man, you could – Cam could put up some record numbers if he stays healthy. But this defense is only going to get better. And that's why I'm looking at it. Let's go down to five. Green Bay six, Cincinnati seven, Denver eight, which Denver got to finish last in their division. I don't know how they're eight power ranking. Uh, Kansas City nine, the Jets ten, Oakland eleven, Minnesota twelve. They're losing their quarterback. That's real smart. Houston thirteen, Washington fourteen, Baltimore fifteen, Buffalo sixteen, the Giants seventeen, the Colts eighteen. Jacksonville 19, 20 Detroit, 21 Miami, 22 Atlanta, 23 Dallas, 24 Tampa, 25 Eagles, Chargers, Saints, Rams, Bears at 29, Quinn, Titans 30, Cleveland 31, and San Francisco 32. Yeah, yeah. I think they've messed up all through here. I think they've messed up a lot of teams through here. Go ahead, Quinn. Yeah, the power rankings are stupid. I don't understand them. I don't understand what they base them on. <laughs> and I just shook my head when I – I think I saw something or I saw some power ranking or something where they had the Bears dead last. And, and I'm yeah, like, what? There, there's reasoning behind that. Like, well, even well, Quinn, my bias aside, I don't think the Bears are the worst team in the league. Well, well, you know, the Bears have to play J.J. Watt week one. So, Cutler, you know, he's probably crapping himself when he heard J.J. Watt was going to play. Sure. And, uh, we'll but still, I, I, go back, I go back to the Bears, Jonathan, and, and I know Quinn's a fan, so and I get it. We're all fans. But I don't see the Bears able to score. A lot of points. That's what bothers me about the Bears, and I think that's where their ranking comes in. Jonathan is, I think it's offensively. I think is how are they going to put up yeah. points? Just like Denver to me. I don't, I don't understand how Denver is ranked as high as they are, and how Jonathan Chicago's offense is better than Denver's. <laughs> well, let, let let me let me say a couple things. Uh, one, I have the Bears finishing second in their division and Denver finishing third. That doesn't mean great things, though. Uh, for the Bears, defense has been an issue. There's no doubt about it. That defense is probably still going to be an issue. Uh, offensively, you have a quarterback that improved last year, lost our offensive coordinator. New offensive coordinator was the quarterback coach, who Jay Cutler loves. People think that he's finally gotten through the J, which is huge. At running back, you lose Matt Forte, which is obviously a big loss, no doubt about that. But you have Jeremy Langford, who I think did really well last year, that he's going to be the feature back. Uh, at receiver, you have uh, Alshon Jeffrey, you know, the, the gas pumper himself. Uh, you know, and Alshon is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, no doubt about it. Uh, you have Eddie Royal in the slot, who's, I mean, a really good dependable slot guy. You had no tight end because you had the nut job Martellus Bennett, and he's now the backup in New England, if that tells you anything. Um, and you have Kevin White as your number two wideout, who 
didn't play, who was overdrafted. It was a complete reach. It was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen the Bears do. No, I take that back. They started Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl. But you get the point. The Kevin White pick was really dumb. Right, so the, the Bears have their – in offensive line-wise, Evan Mathis was a huge signing. The Packers cut him because they, they have this belief that offensive linemen shouldn't be paid more than this. Okay? Let him go to Chicago then. Evan Mathis has made the Pro Bowl three of the last four years. He's a really good guard. You're going to have him uh, and Kyle Long in the interior. Phenomenal. Who are your tackles? Ah, shit. You don't have any. Yeah. Who's your center? Yeah. Eh. I mean, yeah. the, Bears offensive, the Bears offense will only be as good as that offensive line is. And that offensive line is not that good. Yeah. The, I, I'm with Tarvin about the the offense is what scares me the most. The Bears the Bears defense I think will be the best Bears defense that it's been in a few years. Um out to, the secondary is what concerns me, but the front and seven should be pretty good as as long as they can stay healthy for the most part. But yeah, the offensive line is what scares me the most offensively. Uh they I'll really see, gotta I'll do a job. Staying in that division, Green Bay is at six, and they're favored in all 16 games this year, they're saying. So, if you're, you're favored in 16 games to go 16 and no, Johnson, how's your power ranking six? I mean, is that – am I missing something here or, or, or what? Well, I, they're, they just favored them in all their games, and that's, that's fine and dandy. And to be perfectly honest, I think Green Bay has a really good year. Um, no, you know, I'm one of those guys who thinks that this is a legitimate Super Bowl contender until Mike McCarthy finds a way to screw it up because he does a good job at that. Um, but. Like, they're on the road, they're not a Super Bowl contender. I'll tell you that. They're not going to go to Carolina. Well, if Jordy Nelson gets hurt, this offense falls apart again. Eddie Lacy's got – they have to find a way to make Eddie Lacy a huge part of this offense. He has to have 70 – you have to get him, let's say, 20 carries a game. If Eddie Lacy doesn't carry the ball 20 times a game, Aaron Rodgers is getting killed. There's no doubt about it. And this defense, you move Clay Matthews to the outside again so he can be a pass rusher, you have a whole middle linebacker. Yeah, you have two guys that I actually really like in Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez. Uh, Jake Ryan's battling an injury. Blake Martinez is a rookie. So you're going to have to find out, uh, you know, if, if Ryan gets healthy, can Blake step up? You know, at defensive line-wise, you lost B.J. Raji to retirement. Do you have linemen that you can really trust? I mean, the, the Packers are an interesting team because we're always going to look at them and say they have Aaron Rodgers, they have a chance. But this I'm team seems team to have that, more holes. I'm going to give you a team that I think is going to struggle this year, and y'all may disagree with me. I think Carson Palmer gets hurt again this year. I think the Cardinals come back down to earth. Uh, luckily for them, they play in a weak division right now, the, the Rams, the Niners, and the Seahawks. I don't think they're going to be as good. But uh, they got, let's look at, look at the NFL. Look at the 32 teams in there. You look at week one. Let's go to week one and look at these matchups. Um I just don't see any stellar quarterback actually play the matchups. You know, back in the day, I mean, every game was you know, a top-tier quarterback, it seemed like. But now we've got, you know, Tampa and Atlanta on the best quarterback matchups and Winston and Matt Ryan. But you go to Minnesota, Tennessee, I mean, ah, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Keith, 
the Bengals and the Jets. I mean, you see what I'm saying? I mean, I look at there's no quarterbacks out there that are very good anymore, and and I think it's really because these young kids come in from college and they're expected to start immediately and they struggle. And, and there's just no good quarterbacks anymore, Jonathan. I mean, the, there's a die breed. You know, Peyton Manning retired from his generation, and Brady after that. I mean, plus the NFL's going to look, look like a quarterback in five years from now. When Cam's getting older and Aaron Rodgers is gone, Drew Brees is leaving. I mean, who's going to be there? Well, Drew Brees sucks now, so. I, I I don't even consider him any part you know of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, you know uh, just just that, that right. I, the generation of quarterbacks. Well, I mean, okay, so five years from now, spitballing. Carson Palmer's gone. Matt Ryan's average. Um, Joe Flacco is. I mean, Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco. Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco are their second tier quarterbacks. They're good enough to lead you to the playoffs. In Flacco's case, he was good enough to win the Super Bowl. They're not great. They're not going to carry a team, but they're not going to kill a team, and they can make throws when they need to. Um, Buffalo has Tyrod Taylor. I'm out on him until I get a second year. Uh, I, he looked very good last year, showed signs of promise. That's a guy that actually sat behind Joe Flacco. Uh, obviously, Cam Newton is a first-tier quarterback. Uh, you have Jay Cutler, who I, I – is a fringe second-tier guy. I don't trust Jay. I just can't do it. Uh, you have Andy Dalton, who's a second-tier quarterback. Uh, the Browns have RG3, who, again, we're going to have to wait and see this year. You know, Dallas is going to have Dak oh, Prescott. That's a wait and see. Uh, Denver is uh, – Well, he's not dead yet. He got hurt. It was, yeah. he, he, it was more. It was more. He got hurt than bad play, and that's yeah. my thing. You know, with RG three, I still want to give him this second chance. You know, we we've yeah. seen guys who do well. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, his rookie year looked like garbage, no doubt about it. Look how he turned out. Yeah. Tom Brady yeah. didn't play yeah. rookie year. But you know, I see Russell Wilson. I see Cam Newton. That that I think. You know, if Russell stays and Cam, they stay healthy. Hell, Cam Newton could have five or six Super Bowls over the next ten years, the way the NFL is looking at quarterback. I mean, I think Winston's going to be good. I think Luck. I think Luck's going to be good. But just go ahead. You can't discount guys like Blake Bortles, who showed a lot of promise last year. Was one of only three quarterbacks to throw thirty touchdowns. Brock Osweiler, we're going to get another year of in Houston where the offense will actually better suit him than what they ran in Denver. He, there was no way Denver was prepared to play him at all. Uh, you I'm know, we're going to see. I'm talking about elite quarterback. These guys are two or three years into the league, though. We don't know if they're a lead or not. Blake Bortles has been on a trash team. Jameis has been on a trash team. Carr's been on a trash team. These are three teams that are all trending upwards this year because of their quarterback play mainly. Yeah. So I, I think well, it's Carolina. fair to give them their their fair shot. It's uh, you know Carolina. Come on now, they were yeah, on a trash ass team. Nobody trash. said he was elite till last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. And he wasn't elite until last year, probably. I mean, yeah, you can't be elite unless you got people around you that can. You know, all it boils down to is wins. When 
when you start getting wins, people will start calling you elite, really. Cam Newton was great before last year. He just couldn't put those W's up in the column. And I'm interested to see. I want the quarterback play to be to be better, but you go to college football, what does encourage me this year is seeing these freshmen come in and just light it up right now. And, and I want to see how the quarterback continues, quarterback play continues in college over the next few years because that's what we're going to be looking at in the NFL. But doing it this year, Jonathan, you look at the quarterback, I mean, there, uh, it's just it's just scary. The NFL could be boring for the first time in a long time because I go through these rosters and I look at the quarterbacks and I'm like, oh, God, it's just Romo's gone. I don't know, Prescott, we'll see how he does when, when he plays defenses now. It's not preseason. I just don't know. Jets, are they ever going to get a quarterback? Buffalo, does it matter? I mean, Jacksonville Jacksonville. I know you say Blake Bortles, but it's still Jacksonville. Miami, same song and dance, Tannehill, every year. Dallas, Charming. you know, them, the Giants, Eli Manning, what's he going to do? Yeah, go ahead. I have a question. Why? Why? Why why does quarterback play matter so much to you? Do you just like more high-scoring games? Or? Well, I mean, quarterbacks, uh, if you have a great – you don't win a Super Bowl without great quarterback plays. I mean, usually. I mean, yeah. unless you're the Ravens. And, and I, I look at it, and I see what I look at are top-tier quarterbacks and then what Jonathan was talking about, those second-tier I see a lot of second to third tier quarterbacks more than I see top quarterbacks. You got Cam, Aaron Rodgers right now. Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Brady's about 40, and he's extended for four games. But who do you really have after that? Russell Wilson, he's one of those quarterbacks, hit or miss. I don't think he's elite. But name me some quarterbacks in the NFL. Andrew Luck, I don't know. I mean, with that offensive line he has, I don't know if he's going to ever be able to be elite. He may not stay healthy. So, so it, well, it matters to me, Let me run this exercise with you really quick, Brian. Ready? Yeah. I'm going to look at 2006 with the starting quarterbacks in the NFL were. Okay? Kurt okay. Warner. Was Kurt Warner yeah. really elite in 06? No, because Matt Leiner no, took his no. job halfway through that year. Um, okay. Michael Vick. That was the last year that Michael Vick was with the Falcons. I'd say he was good. He wasn't an elite quarterback. He was a good. No. He was a very good player. Uh, Steve McNair was with the Ravens. End of his career, he wasn't elite anymore. Still, Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Uh, the Bills had J.P. Lawsman. That was hilarious. The Panthers had Jake DeLome, who, I mean, he had his ups and downs. Uh, the Bears had that idiot from Florida, Grosman. The Bengals had Carson Palmer, who I want to say that was the year after he blood his knee. The Cleveland Browns had Charlie Fry. The Cowboys had Drew Bledsoe, who got knocked out and was replaced by Tony Romo halfway through that year. The Broncos had Jake Plummer, Joey Harrington, Brett Favre, Davis Carr, Peyton Manning, Byron Leftwich, Damon Heward. Dante Culpepper with the Dolphins, no longer elite, even though he really was never elite. He was more second tier. Well, what's, what's your point? What's your point? No, there's always been a very selective group of elite quarterbacks. 
And then there's a bunch of tier two guys, and then there's a bunch of crap. I mean, that's how the NFL always is. So when you're clamoring for more elite quarterbacks and more good quarterback play, at the end of the day, six teams at the most are going to have elite quarterbacks, and another 12 to 14 is going to have second-tier guys, and then there's going to be the pile of crap. You know, so nothing ever really changes. We think it is, but it never really does. And here's the best thing. In this upcoming draft, three of the top four picks are going to be quarterbacks that I think we all like, and Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, and uh, JT Barrett. All three of them are very good. So I, there's always the next wave. I just think that, you know, the, you think, the panic of where Barrett, the quarterback is. You think Barrett will be oh, good yeah. in the NFL? I think JT Barrett has proven that he's going to be good. We saw the year he broke his leg. How, how great he played last year. Ohio State had their struggles on offense, but he was clearly their best quarterback, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this year you're going to see him have another phenomenal right. year. Well, let's, let's look at, at tomorrow night's matchup with Carolina and Denver. On the road, the point spreads three. Carolina's favorite three. Uh, oh. that, line, that line scares me a little bit, it being so low. It should be about seven. But it's been in Denver, their defense. I don't know Trevor Simeon, how good he is. What do you think about this game? What do you, how are you leaning? Where are you looking? Um, I like Carolina and the under. And I think this is – Denver's defense is going to be just as good as last year's. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, you know, they lost some guys, but they've done a great job of building a foundation with DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller, Aqib Tlaib. They've done a very good job in drafting. Uh, I think that Denver's defense is going to be excellent. I think Carolina's defense is going to be excellent. Uh, Cam Newton obviously has his struggles against the Broncos. East Coast teams tend to struggle a little bit when they get out west, uh, playing at the high altitude, not something you do every day. I think Carolina wins, though. Um, I just think they're a better team, and I think Cam's going to make more plays than Trevor Simeon. I'm thinking something like 17 uh, to uh, 9. I'm thinking 24 to 10. Quinn, what do you what do you think about this game? I uh, I think uh, Carolina covers. I just I just don't think Denver has anything offensively to match what Carolina could do offensively. So I think 17 to 10 Carolina. They could end up, you know, those old NFL games, Jonathan, how they, they're three, boy, they land right on three sometimes. But that's usually a lot of luck. But anyway, Carolina <laughs> win here would be big. Getting, getting revenge, and, and it's not really revenge because they beat you in the Super Bowl. You beat them in week one. It's not really the same thing, not fair to say. But I think Cam needs to get that monkey off his back because Denver hasn't dominated him. And uh, I think he needs to – you know how when he played Seattle when he was growing up and he started being able to beat Seattle, that's when he was really, you know, come of age and, and was taken serious. I think he had the win. If he loses to Denver tomorrow night, I think questions start coming about it. I mean, okay, Camden's good in the regular season or against regular teams, but when he plays a good defense, he has no answer. So I think tomorrow night it's more about Cam Newton than the team Carolina. So we'll we'll see. All of us are picking them, mm-hmm. and then Sunday, one one of the better games I like. Atlanta's at home against Tampa. Uh, Falcons favored three in this game. Just 
I know Atlanta is always favorite at home, but I think for some reason this game, I think Tampa starts the season off 1-0, Jonathan. I think Jameis has a good game. I think they actually come in and pull the upset and start 1-0 in the division. You know, uh, I would like to see that happen. I, my Bucks fandom is uh, it's growing a little more on me, and I think it's because I can actually like this team and like the players. Um, but uh, with that being said, I think this is going to be a tightly contested game. The Bucks uh, always play tight games with the Falcons and the Saints. Uh, I think the Bucks do eke out a victory, and I think it'll be something like uh, 28-24, somewhere in that range. Quinn, do you like Atlanta on this one? Yeah, it's in Atlanta. I I think I think Atlanta will pull out a close a close win. Okay. Well, here's well, here's a game that's interesting to me. Even now, Minnesota is on the road at Tennessee. We're not going to spend much time on these games. We're going to play a few of them. The Vikings, without the quarterback, are two and a half point favorite on the road at Tennessee, and. I'm just not. I'm not taking that. I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking uh, Mariota and Henry and all these, all the weapons that the Titans have put around these guys at home. I think Tennessee starts out one and zero. Johnson. I think losing Bridgewater is, is huge, and Bradford's a, a decent quarterback. He's a decent fill-in, but going on the road and asking him to win week one, I think that's just a little too much. So I'm gonna take the Titans. Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings. I think uh, Tennessee defensively hasn't shown me that they can stop the run, so I think Peterson's going to have a. Uh, I think Peterson's going to have a big day. Uh, Sean Hill, I believe, is going to start. That's the best thing for this team. Uh, believe it or not, Sean Hill's actually been, has a higher QBR in his career as a quarterback than Sam Bradford, which I find hilarious considering Sean Hill's a backup, and the Vikings just gave away a first-round pick for. Sam Bradford. Uh, but I think that enough gets done for the Vikings. They win a low-scoring, ugly affair. I like the, I like the first-round pick move in the third. I mean, really, think about it. Quarterback right now is what you need. He should be bagging groceries or flipping burgers right now. So if you're going to make the playoffs, it's going to be with Bradford. They know that. They wouldn't have done what they did had they not known that. But uh, Quinn, I know you like the Vikings in this game, don't you? No. Yeah, I agree. I agree with what Jonathan said. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm going to hang up on you now. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't ever disagree with me, man. Ever. Yeah. Here's my upset special of the week. I could be crazy, and y'all tell me if I'm crazy. I'm going to go with RG3 Cleveland to go all the road to Philadelphia and beat Philadelphia. I think when he's starting this game as a rookie, I think Cleveland, they have a shot to win this game. Johnson, I think they start 1-0. Call me crazy, but they're 4-point underdogs. Cleveland is. Uh, you know, I think the Eagles and Browns is going to be a, a, a fun game to watch in all honesty. Um, I'm expecting points. RG3 obviously knows how to play the Eagles. Um, I know the Eagles and Browns were supposedly in trade talks about Jeff, about Josh Gordon. Um, that might have cut off today, so that that's something to keep an eye on, though, for the rest of the week. Um, but I, I'm going to go with the Eagles just because they're at home, 
That is the only reason I'm making this pick. <laughs> well, that's not good about sometimes being at home. But uh, but it is in week one. So, Jonathan, take me to another game real quick. My wife just came in with food. So, uh, go ahead and take us to another game or two. Oh, wow. How lucky are you? Um, looking at another game that, that I'm, I'm interested in on Sunday, uh, the Bengals are playing the Jets. Uh, this is obviously a game where uh, the Jets won 10 games last year. Uh, so they're, they're a team that looks to be pretty good. Obviously, the Ryan Fitzpatrick situation in the offseason uh, was a huge distraction, but that's been resolved. And the Bengals are a team that Andy Dalton's healthy again. Uh, they didn't really lose any key pieces outside of Mohamed Sanu, who I believe he can be replaced. Heck, it sounds like he might not even start for the Falcons. Uh, so I, I think uh, the Bengals and Jets is going to be a really good game to watch, and I like the Bengals to win this game. Quinn, what are you thinking? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. It's in New York. He's not thinking anything. Uh, I did it for the first, like, year ever. I actually went through each NFL team and did record predictions, which I've never done before. I think I had the Jets win in this game because it was in New York. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati in that one. Yeah, I had New York winning. Uh, I'm I'm with you, Brian Sequin. I'm sorry, you're gonna lose. Um, <laughs> um, and then I, I think another game that people are gonna enjoy for a couple reasons: the Giants are at the Cowboys. They get to see Dak Prescott against the NFL defense, albeit not a very good one, but it's one that they did spend a lot of money on. So it's gonna be interesting to see, especially in the secondary. Um, and the Giants you have Beckham. You have the rookie Sterling Shepard, who's looked really good. You have Victor Cruz back and healthy for the first time since 2014, and he actually looked good in the preseason. This is a, this is a game that I think is going to be a, a fun game to watch. I'm going to take the Giants to win this one because they always seem to win in Dallas. What do you guys think? I think Dallas wins. Yeah, not a good Boom. All right. How about the Saints um, and the Raiders, Jonathan? I mean, that's an intriguing matchup we want. Well, I think that there's a, there's a little bit of intrigue around this because the Saints' defense sucks. So we want to see how many points Derek Carr can put up on them. Uh, and I, I think the Raiders win this game. It's not very often I like a West Coast team to come east this far and win. But I think the Raiders are a better team. What do you think, Quinn? I think the Raiders are the better team, but it's week one in New Orleans, which is a tough place to play. And it's a one o'clock game Eastern time, so it's early it's early on the West Coast, so I think New Orleans will win because of those reasons. I, th- I think I think that East Coast matters as we get on in the season and it gets colder and stuff. But week one, everybody's going to be wide awake to play. I don't care what time it is. I like Oakland to put up a lot of points in this one, like Jonathan said. But I also see the Saints putting up a lot. Drew Brees is going to throw the four touchdowns, Jonathan. I know you, you think he sucks, but 
I think he just signed a, a, a contract. Didn't, didn't he just get a lot of money? Yeah, he signed a one-year extension onto his current contract. Uh, the main point behind the extension was that it um, after next season, it's essentially blank checks. So the te- so him he can retire or the team can let him go, and it not cripple their salary cap. Okay. What about uh, here's an intriguing game for you right here: Green Bay on the road at Jacksonville. Yeah, well, it's funny because Green Bay always seems to struggle when they come south. I remember this as a Buccaneer fan, and the fact that um, you know my my uh, my family, um, at least my my grandparents were here before the Bucks, so they were Dolphin fans, and they still remain them. And uh, they, um, they, it's always been something Green Bay struggled with coming down here with the heat and everything. I think Green Bay's got too much on offense uh, for Jacksonville's defense. So this is a young. Hungry front seven. Dante Fowler Jr. is back and healthy. Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. Miles Jacks out there. Malik Jackson, the uh, defensive end for the Broncos last year, decided with them. I think this is going to be a, a high-scoring game. I'm seeing Green Bay winning 31-28, uh, as much as I know you hate to hear that, Quinn. Yeah, but I agree. I think Green Bay is too much offensively. I do think it'll be close, though. I think it checks. Jacksonville could put up some points, but yeah, I just think Green Bay has too much offensive power. How about how about the Bears and Texans, Quinn? Your Bears are six point underdogs on the road at Houston. I'm leaning I'm leaning taking the points in Chicago in this game, but I don't think they're gonna win, but I think they cut. Uh I I think it's a touchdown game. I think it'll be like a 17-10 game or something like that. It won't be too high scoring, but I think it'll be a touchdown game either way. It wins. I won't predict it. Like it's a touchdown just, game. I'll just say, I'll just say I'll, I think it'll be a touchdown game. Well, that's what Vegas is saying. So he, he gave me no information, Jonathan. What do you think? Who's going to win this game? Uh, I think it'll be a little bit of a low-scoring contest as uh, Osweiler figures out his offense. Uh, obviously, having uh, weapons on the outside like he does, uh, this offense should be able to uh, get things done. Uh, I think the Texans win this game. Uh, this game reminds me of some of the early season games the Bears played last year that had like fun- really funky scores. So I'm seeing a, a 19 to 17 Houston win, but I can easily see like 19 to 10. Well, it's a good game. To, to, I think people are going to be surprised. Indianapolis is at home, favorite three and a half over Detroit. I think people are going to be surprised when when Indianapolis loses that first week because of that offensive line they have. Detroit, one thing they can do is get pressure up front on you. They can harass your quarterback, and and they play dirty. Detroit's kind of a dirty team. Not a good matchup for Andrew Luck. Stafford's a great quarterback. He can throw the ball. Yeah, no Calvin Johnson. But, but uh, Johnson, I'm going to go with the upset in this one. I'm going to pick Detroit to beat Indianapolis, Sweet One. Yeah, that that's definitely uh, an intriguing matchup where you have two terrible offensive lines uh, with 
two quarterbacks. I think Luck's a better quarterback than Stafford, but they both have their warts. Um, you know, Indianapolis has got to be able to run the ball. If they can't run the football, it's going to be a long day uh, for them. I'm going to lean with the Colts because they're the home team here. But it would not, I, at three and a half, I'm more content with taking the Lions plus the three and a half uh, more than anything. Quinn, would you like to predict this game or not? Or do you think it's going to be a field goal game? <laughs> I I think I think the Colts are gonna win. Uh, I don't think the Lions are very good this year. I think their defense has taken a step back with some of the parts that left this off season. So yeah, I think I think the Colts will win okay. by seven points. Okay. Well, we'll find out Sunday night, won't we? When you're on this show, you're telling me that the Colts lost. I'll remember that game. Well, for right, New out. England, Arizona, New England, Arizona, night game, Sunday night game. It just, Belichick, he just seems like he can always outcoach people. It just seems like they're an underdog, Jonathan, another six point dog. Arizona is going to be rocking that place. I think Arizona wins in a very close game. I think it's a field goal game, but. I don't think ever that stick just because of coaching and defense. I think I think Belichick can keep it close. Uh, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Jimmy Garoppolo handles the pressure the Cardinals are going to bring him. The Cardinals are, I believe, they called the most blitzes out of any team last year. They're they're very aggressive. They fly all over the place. Uh, they have a good secondary and they have a good uh, a good group of pass rushers. Howdy Badger. Yeah, and uh, Dion Buchanan and Patrick Peterson. I mean, I really like this Cardinals team. I think um, I think the Cardinals win this game. I I'm, I'm going to say by at least a touchdown. I just think the Patriots offensively are are going to struggle a little bit. I'll be pulling for the Cardinals in this one. Quinn, who do you like? Yeah, I think uh, Arizona will win. I think their defense will be too much with with the, will be too much for the New England offense without Brady. And I think Arizona win will will win by about ten points. All right, and Sunday night we'll talk about Monday night football, but but let's move into college. We've got a few minutes left. You like to call in six four six seven one six five five six four. Let me see week one of the NFL, and then we'll stick our teeth into it and, and really get into it and see. I mean, there's so many question marks I have right now about the NFL. I'm sure all of us do. It's not just me, but I've got to see some of these teams play. And week one doesn't mean a lot, but I still have a lot of questions on these guys. But you're listening to William Sports Talk. Call in 646 um, start out, Jonathan, when he was out of Auburn, it seemed like Gus has admitted his mistake to play three quarterbacks the way he substituted them, which first time he's ever admitted fault to anything. Um, Jeremy Johnson says he will only be used in an emergency situation. Franklin Lefferd is listed the backup, the number two. White will start the game. Question to you, Jonathan, I have is, how much of Franklin will we see? And does Watt being in the starter really mean anything other than just how about offense right now? 
Well, I think it means a lot because I think Sean White showed enough uh, last week to where I, I think he, he's earned the right to start. Um, now, lo- looking ahead to uh, – Looking ahead, looking ahead to this game next week. I mean, if Sean White can get Auburn out to a big lead, I think John, you know, JF3 might even play the whole fourth quarter. Um, you know, but he, even if he doesn't, I think we'll see him. Um, I don't think it's going to be like last week where they switched him up every play, and I don't think it's going to be like Notre Dame did and did an alternate on drives. I think it's just going to be certain situations, certain packages, kind of like Tim Tebow was his freshman year with the Gators. Don't look for Auburn to jump out to the lead. And, I'll, and maybe it's not a huge lead, but I want to see, at least for a half, I want to see John Franklin the third play without looking over his shoulder, uh, let him run the offense. Don't let him, you know, I think they wanted to see the other night and see how comfortable he was even taking snaps in that kind of environment and pressure. I thought JF3 did, did what he was supposed to do while he was out there and, the coaches were pleased. But what does this tell you about Jeremy Johnson, Johnson? I mean, that's just – it's heartbreaking to see. You know, yeah. To do it's over. I mean, his career at Auburn is not over. Unless he wants to play a receiver or something. I'd love to see a six-foot-six receiver in there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a shame for Johnson just because we all thought he was going to be really good. And – He's definitely uh, been a good Auburn player as far as, you know, he cares more about the school than I think he does himself uh, as far as, you know, the team goes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough blow for him. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations, though, to where I think if Gus had just told him after last season, look, this is what we're doing, we might have seen him transfer. He might not have. Who knows? But, you know, for Gus to give him any sort of false hope this off season was uh was kinda of crappy. Mm-hmm. I I've heard some of the tell me the same thing that they should have allowed they should have told Jeremy Johnson, Hey man, you need to transfer. You're not gonna play here. You're, I think you're right, Jonathan. I, I think you're right. If if your guy smiles on, you probably need to he's not gonna be your quarterback. Even though he played, I would just love to see him get a smaller school and have a big year, at least get noticed. Because he, he does have an NFL arm, body. I don't know if he has an NFL mind. But if he gets the right coach to work with him, you never know. But Quinn, I mean, I think you're going to see Mike come in. I think the difference is you're not going to see the, the musical chairs in between. I think you'll see a Sean Clyde drive. For a couple, you may see a couple JF3 drives. I don't think they're going to wait to get a big lead to put Franklin in. I think he's a part of this team, and they're just trying to get him up to speed in order to take over the reins. Because, as I said before, Auburn's not winning the FC championship with Sean White. So, you're not really losing anything by putting Franklin in. You only can, can probably either do the same or better. So, what do you think, Wayne? Yeah, I'm happy that Gus did that. Did this. Um, I think the reason why JF3 isn't starting is be, is because of his arm. So I think they're waiting. They're waiting for him to progress on that. But I I have I have faith in Sean White, and I think I I I think he could do pretty well. I think um, with He's more not. understanding of the playbook and his arm and hopefully the 
the wide receivers seem to be better with catching the ball. So, I mean, wide receivers that can actually catch the ball, I I actually I have faith in Sean White. I have faith in the, the, the hell, JF3. The so. hell, but, but, but if you have faith in Sean White, I'm just going to ask this, and I'll be honest, I'm not trying to be contradictory or, you know, or question you, but how does Auburn's running game get going with Sean White? That's what worries me the most about him is I see a quarterback, you know, he can make a throw sometimes and everything. He's short. He turns the ball over the red zone. But, but Auburn cannot win on his arm alone. And I think yeah, what they're going to do is attack the problem. I mean, Auburn can't run the football with Sean White in the game. No, That's but what I was saying. But Carvin, Carvin, if he's chucking the ball around, if he's chucking the ball around and spreading them out, then that's how you open up the run game because then they have to respect the passing game. If they are respecting the passing game, then that could open up the running game. You don't always have to have a running QB to open up the running game. If he he can swing the ball around, Sling it to who? Who's he going to sling it to? Well, we got Marcus Davis, Ryan Davis, Nate Craig Myers, Tony Stevens. (laughs) Nate Craig Myers. That's cute. Yeah, he has actually good. I mean, that guy is a true But what I'm saying is, when Sean White lines up, yeah, just spreading spreading the defenses out is still not good enough for us to run the football because we don't have that type of running game. We don't have – and Petaway, look, I heard Petaway going to play this week. He didn't play last week. I don't know why. Maybe they're saving him or something. But when you when you watch JF3 in the game, you saw the running game start getting going, and they got pulled him out, and J.J. threw a, a pick. So, what – just mark my words on this. It's just a matter of we probably not at any game. I think you, you may see Franklin starting at LSU by, by one of those games. And, and I'm hoping yeah. you got five, four games left. At, you got four games left at home to yeah. uh, get these quarterbacks comfortable. I think it's time to, to let JF3 loose and just let him run it and see what happens. And that's yeah, all maybe. What I'm is. saying, it's though, time. is I think – is I think you're discrediting Sean White a little too much for his abilities. I I well, I wouldn't mind either way if they have three comes in, but he turns the ball over in the red zone. If you notice the last play of the game the other night, we had a receiver by himself in the end zone on the left side. Sean White and the play was actually to the left. Sean White didn't think yeah. he could make the throw, so he he did out to the right, but the guy was wide open in the end zone. I mean, I need somebody that can make plays. I need somebody that can roll and run and, and be athletic. And, and you know what? And one thing I heard is don't be surprised if you see some Woody Barrett also. Um, okay. So that, that's another – that's a fresh one. So we'll see. This is not just about Auburn. But I'm, I do expect him to bounce back. I do expect him to beat Arkansas State. And maybe that will give him some confidence. Uh, moving on into another big game in the SEC here, Jonathan. South Carolina 
on the round. They got the win at Vanderbilt, but yet they're seven-point underdogs in Mississippi State, a team that lost to South Alabama. It, this is a sucker bet, and I think Mississippi State's a lock in this game because they get to be trying to suck you in on this. But I'm not biting. I'm picking Mississippi State. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, South Carolina was really I – mean, granted, both teams were really bad last week, but South Carolina just – offensively, they're a disaster. Um, defensively, they're going to be good. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, you know, Mississippi State's got the, the home field advantage of this one. Uh, I, I think Mississippi State can gut out a victory here just because I think they're the better team and they're at home. And I think as far, when you're looking at two teams like this, where Mississippi State, uh, you know, like I said, I think it's a better team, and I, they got great home field advantage, and, you know, they're going to win this game. Maybe it's a three-point game, but they're going to win. There's no way they lose back-to-back, and Dan Mullen all of a sudden doesn't find himself on the hottest of hot seats. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let's go back to Jason. Jason, you wanted to say something about the Auburn quarterback situation. I'm sorry I didn't see you on hold. I apologize. Jason, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, never mind, man. I'm going to see you, Jason. Squam, 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 what do you think about this South Carolina game? I think South Carolina wins. I, I don't have – I mean, South Carolina, granted, they looked bad against Vanderbilt, but I, but Mississippi – Mississippi State losing at home to South Alabama? I don't know yeah, where they're headed. That's why they're not. And I think... Yeah, they're not going to lose to around the Quinn at home, especially at night. This is a night game. I still think South Carolina wins. Uh, I think Mississippi State by 17 on this one. They, they actually wake up and play. Uh, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, guys. This is uh, 150,000 people going to be here at the racetrack in Bristol. Tennessee, an 11 and a half point favorite over Vontech. And Jonathan, I think Tennessee gets going. I think they cover easily. I think they win by a couple touchdowns, 17 points, maybe something like that. What's your thoughts on this one? Tech have any chance to come in and upset Tennessee or, or, or that Tennessee team we saw struggle against Appalachian State? Is that what we're going to see? Because if they do that, they're going to lose to Virginia Tech. Well, I, I hope this offense trusts Dobbs a little more, and I hope they run the ball. I hope Dobbs figures out that, hey, if you drop back the pass, you can still run, buddy. Trust me. It's okay. You can go ahead and take off. I got you. Uh, so, uh, looking at it, you know, I, I think Tennessee is a better team. I think Tennessee um, defensively is better than Virginia Tech is. So, I expect – uh, Tennessee shot down Virginia Tech's offense to to uh, a minimal uh, percentage, you know, maybe 13, 17 points. Um, you know, I think Tennessee wins this game, staying as far away from the from the line as possible. I think Tennessee pulls this one out. All right, Jason, one more chance. Are you there, Jason? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. My phone was on mute. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you want to talk about the Auburn quarterback situation? Well, the the Auburn quarterback situation, uh, I think just Gus needs to put his trust in one quarterback and run it with it. Uh, I think when you start pulling out quarterbacks and whatnot, um, the quarterbacks lose the momentum and whatnot, what they build 
on the last drive in one hour. And yeah. Yeah. So, so your Oregon Ducks play this week. Uh, who do y'all play? Um, Virginia. Virginia. Virginia yeah. lost to a high school team. So, how do you feel about this? Um, I I think there's going to be a lot of equipment on the defensive side. Um, I think this is going to be Dakota Pucrops coming out party. Um, I I think it's going to throw the ball deep down the field and. What do you hit the wide receivers that we got? Jonathan, do you think Virginia and the ACC could come up with enough set on the road here, or are they just bad? Because it seems like Virginia always ends up with a bad loss. Man, Virginia's bad. I mean, they're, 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 they're bad. Like, they're good, they're average, they're bad. They're, like, really bad. <laughs> and then there's the Virginia. But you know, I, you know, Virginia has claimed the fame that we beat Florida State twice. Not not the not the third time. They're more focused on the two times. Right, so Virginia's bad. They need to go away. I don't like Virginia. That by what by Virginia? Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jason, 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 what, 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 when are you doing your preview? Your Virginia Oregon preview. It, it's already up. It, it should already be up. Oh. Um, I did it earlier today. So, um, you put it on way one of the, Well, yeah, Wayne it should be up there. Okay. I'll post it again. Um, no, I'll, I'll make sure Watson, I have it on my board. Watson, um, one of the um, in Oregon on Comcast. What I heard is uh, somebody said Virginia's defense is Slow, and if you have a defense that's slow going up against Oregon, that's not a good thing. So, yeah, this game's at ten thirty Eastern, Jonathan, at night. I mean, it's it's late. Those Virginia people will be going to sleep at this time. The Oregon people are gonna be wide awake. They're gonna be crazy. <laughs> yep, Virginia's always asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Virginia does suck. They do suck. Well, Quinn, I didn't get to you. What do you think about Tennessee and Virginia Tech? I think we see the Tennessee that we thought we were going to see uh, preseason come out. I think they they overlooked a little bit a, a good football team and didn't realize they were in for a dog fight. But I think they're they're serious. They're awake now, and I think uh, Jalen Hurd goes off. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Tennessee uh, really comes out this game. Yeah, I I think they win twenty-seven to ten. Okay, Jason, who do you like in the Bristol Motor Speedway game of the week? I like Tennessee, but Tennessee is on that show me something week. You gotta show me something, Tennessee, because they yeah. didn't yeah. show me anything last week. If they struggle this week and barely get by Virginia Tech, they're going to drop out of the polls. Uh, yeah. Because you know, uh, that's, just, that's just all there is to it. I mean, they're going to drop out of the polls, and people are going to uh, – And, I mean, this is real. If Tennessee struggles, Jonathan, they're going to have a long year. I don't I don't see them get a lot better. But if they come out and blow out Virginia Tech, I think, okay, we can forgive that Appalachian State game. They didn't overlook it. And I think you can take them serious again, right? They come out and take care of business. I think that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I mean they they better they better show up because Virginia Tech 
you know, they're going to bring the lunch pail, literally and figuratively, uh, and, and get after um, get after these guys. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, again, it, it all comes down to does this offense, the offensive coordinator, the offensive staff, which Jones, do they trust Josh, Joshua Dobbs enough to put the ball in his hands? Because if they let him right. take control of this game, then they're going to win. The next game I'm going to describe the little scene here. This is a game like, you know, week one, you go out against a man your own size, you get beat down in the dirt. The next week, you come in, you're, you're 90 pound life, mouth off, you slap her around the house a little bit, and you, you feel like a man again. I think that's how you describe Oklahoma UL Monroe playing. I think Oklahoma comes in acting like a bullpick again, Quinn. And I think they beat Louisiana Monroe, but we all know Oklahoma stuff. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I th- I think they kill Louisiana Monroe, but Oklahoma certainly isn't as good as I thought they'd be. Uh, I think Ohio State will go in and beat them, and I thought that would be a game that Oklahoma would win. But, yeah, Oklahoma certainly isn't as good as I thought they would be. Yeah, well, I'm not trying to predict a winner here, guys. We know they're 47 point favorite for God's sake, but uh, I wonder if Clemson has a chance, Jonathan, of uh, getting upset this week playing Troy at uh, 36. Uh, uh, no. Uh, let, let, let me put this in other terms. Uh, hell no. And are you are you out of your mind? Okay. Do I need do, do I need to have you put in a sanitarium? Jonathan, I want to ask you about a game. Kentucky and Florida, and I think Kentucky could win because if you're Florida and you can only put seven points going into the fourth quarter against UMass, dear God, they're in for a long year. I think they could lose to anybody with how God awful their offense is. You think well, Kentucky could win? No, we we barely talked about it. I, I got I got like maybe one or two sentences on this game. They both suck. This game's gonna suck. <laughs> and the Gators suck. And the Gators <laughs> suck a lot. And they're gonna suck some more. And they're gonna keep <laughs> sucking to where every two dollar whore in Gainesville is gonna get jealous of how much they suck. <laughs> That's the best preview I've heard in a long time about the Florida Gators. But I'm going to give you a real game, guys. Uh, and I know people, you may laugh at me, guys, but I think Jacksonville State could go into LSU and maybe upset these guys. I mean, losing to Wisconsin the way they did, we know LSU has trouble scoring. But what we also know is Jacksonville State's a pretty good football team in the FCS. They went to Auburn last year, took them to overtime. They've got Rock Thomas, Auburn's old running back. They have the same quarterback, kind of the same team. Jonathan, I mean, any chance Jacksonville State can, can pull this upset? I know it's a night game, but if they do, Les Miles gets fired immediately. There's well, no Brian, Brian, for your safety, I hope no LSU fan is listening right now because you'll probably you know, get death threats for like the next six years. Um, I'm telling the yeah. truth. I'm telling the truth. L- LSU ain't gonna lose to Jacksonville State. Um, I don't. I don't see that happening. 
I, I think LSU comes out right and fixes some things. Um, the players do. I don't trust the coaches to actually do anything. Um, I, I think Leonard Fournette and, and, and Co. are going to come out angry. Fournette's going to run for 200 yards by the time halftime rolls around. Well, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be. I said they could. And you've got to look at the mentality of this LSU team. you get a your offensive lineman taking a dirty shot right after they get right after that interception. He's out. This team, you lose your first game to an unranked team in Wisconsin. It's kind of hard to to regather, to regroup. I think the LSU fan base wants Les Miles fired, and they're probably fully for Jacksonville State to win so they can go ahead and get him out of there. Uh, Quinn, I mean, you saw Jacksonville State. You know that talent they have. There's a shot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they have a shot to go in and win this game. Yeah, they definitely have a shot. I don't think they'll end up pulling it off, but I think it'll be closer than what people think it'll be. They definitely have a shot. Pretty much every SEC guy that didn't like it at their school or gets kicked out, they go to Jacksonville State. So they they have quite a bit of talent. That's not true. If I went to Jacksonville State, they they take good, upstanding citizens. <laughs> well, that's I, good. I didn't know you were a good, upstanding citizen. <laughs> I am, but here's a, here's a game that, that's got my attention. Uh, Miami's ranked all of a sudden. I don't know how Miami's ranked, but they're playing the Florida Atlantic. Favored 25 points in this game, and I think Florida Atlantic will have more fans than Miami, Johnson. You, you've been down there from Florida in that area. Is that a true statement that Florida Atlantic could have more fans? Uh, yes, now that I actually live in southwest Florida, so I'm, I'm just across uh, an interstate from Miami, I can tell you that, yeah, most likely. Uh, I, I think there's more FIU fans than Miami fans, to be completely frank. Uh, let me say this. Miami looked really good last week. Miami sucks. Miami still sucks. Miami's going to be overrated. They're going to be ranked like number four when they play Florida State, and they're going to get their teeth kicked in, and then they're going to lose out and play in the who gives a crap moment. <laughs> I'll say this. I didn't know that Miami had their own stadium now, and from a picture I saw, they actually seem to fill it up better than they would from a stadium. They so don't have their own Miami stadium. has their own stadium? No, 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 they don't. No, it's uh, it's still the Dolphin Stadium. Tim, what stadium is it? Um, whatever they renamed it, the Seminole Hard Rock. That's 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 what it's called now. So now it's hmm. not Sun Life. No, no, Seminole Hard Rock bought the uh, bought the naming rights. See, the great thing about that oh. stadium in Miami is that it's they confusing. just tend to change the name every every three years. Oh, so, it uh, confused me. I thought they were. I thought they had their own stadium now, but the name just confused me. It's called it's called Gangbanger Stadium. Come on. Come on no, uh, it's uh, it's Tallahassee Part Two. Let's let's be nice now. That's uh, that's our second home at uh, at Florida State. I mean, we, I mean, we got some sucky games this weekend, but I've got you an upset, Next guys. Week. I've got you an upset. I got you an upset. Middle Tennessee State goes into Vandy and beats them. Is that an upset? That, that could yeah. happen. Upset. I, I mean, here's my here's my hot take on Vanderbilt. 
They suck. They really suck, and they're going to continue to suck because they always suck. And the only time they were good is when they had racists on campus, and I don't think they're allowing that anymore. So they're still going to suck. The thing about Vanderbilt is is they have a really good they have a good defense, but their offense sucks. If they could actually have a half decent offense, they do all right. They gave up a lot of points in South Carolina. They suck. Jason, would you like to join the suck party right here? Well, yeah, Vanderbilt hasn't had a quarterback since Jay Cutler, and that was 10, 20 years ago. So, yeah, they suck. <laughs> they suck when they had Jay Cutler. They just suck. Yeah. <laughs> Vanderbilt has always sucked. I mean, really, truly. And the game of the week, guys. The game of the week, TCU. At home over Arkansas, seven and a half. Uh, I mean, Arkansas, they get beat. They almost lose to Louisiana Tech. They suck. They always suck, and they're always going to suck. <laughs> and I'm going to pick TCU in this one, Jonathan. Arkansas, the first six weeks of any season under Brett Bielema, guess what they do, guys? They suck. suck. They suck it up hard. They get down on their knees and they suck away. It is definitely one of the more embarrassing things I've ever seen uh, from a program that is supposed to be top flight, uh, or at least they want you to believe that. Where they're, they're, why is it, Jonathan? Why it's bad coaching. Funny, like last year, last year they lose their like first two games of terrible teams, and then they. They come to the SEC and they come to life and start playing good. What what's up with Arkansas? I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, their off season conditioning program must suck. They must sit around and eat donuts with their coach. Oh, I, it's, it's not working. I, I, I agree. I I think that their coach is is atrocious. I think he does a terrible job, uh, and especially in the first six weeks of the season. I've always said. Take Brett Bielema and Kevin Sumlin, put them together, you have an undefeated team. Because Kevin Sumlin's great in the first six weeks, and then he sucks. Brett Bielema sucks, and then he's a rock star. Yep. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And, I, frankly, I don't want to. Yeah, I hope A&M sucks next week. I hope they go back to sucking like they normally do. Because you're right. A&M starts off hot, and they're overranked, and everybody says, oh, God, it's an actual champion. They lose seven in a row. Arkansas loses to Toledo and Louisiana Lafayette, and they come out and beat LSU or something. I mean, it's, it's unreal. But, guys, there's not much to talk about college football-wise. Ohio State playing another cupcake in Tulsa. There's a, there's a blowout coming. Michigan's playing another team. Probably they have Hawaii to come back and play them again. Uh, Notre Dame's playing Nevada. Watch out, Quinn. Nevada could sneak off and get on the next spot. I yeah. just saw that Deshaun Kaiser was interviewed and was uh, he told the media that he was told he's the undoubted starter. There's The only way Zaire gets in is if it's a blowout or he gets hurt. So uh, I think that's great to hear Brian Kelly finally stepped up like a man and said, okay, this guy's better. We should probably play him. Yeah, which I think Zaire probably will get some playing time if, if Notre Dame takes them seriously how they should. I I yeah. think by halftime the game should be probably wrapped yeah. up. So. I'm joking. I'm joking with you, Quinn. You guys will, I know. You guys will do pretty I know. good. Like that. You guys will yeah, do good. Yeah, 
thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us Sunday. We're going to come back and we're going to go over all the college and NFL games. But keep an eye on Jacksonville State. Keep an eye on Kentucky this weekend. Let's see how good those Florida Gators really are. So, guys, we'll see you Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll get kicked. We'll go before the uh, kickoff of Sunday night football. Everybody, have a great week, and we'll see you Sunday. Gators suck. See ya.